Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. This is Paul Hagen. This is Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. That seems like a long time that we did an episode, but it really hasn't been that long. Yeah. No, we recorded early, and then you were busy, and so now we're recording. So it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Yeah. Because you were in studio last time. Right, right. Before we get into anything else, I need to I need to talk. We were just talking about, the before the podcast, about how Bullhagen is much louder hmm. than most Vickers, really. Right. Right. A lot of the time, Bullhagen's voice is in Vickers' mic as much as Vicker is in Vickers' mic. <laughs> Well, we had this discussion, and then we started the podcast, and I think you yelled the intro. Was that on purpose? No. <laughs> I was just That's what excited. He does. You're just excited. Okay. <laughs> I, I, wanna, I, I don't know if I want to yell right now. Like, you're, you're just like, all right, well, it's time to do a podcast. Oh, I'm too loud. Man, I'm loud. I hate that. That's so annoying. I'm so loud. Do, do, you, want, do you want me to tame down my excitement? Is that what oh, you want? No, no. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying it, it felt like it was on purpose. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. So what do you? So what do you? What do you? Uh, by the way, I want to mention. Um, uh, on a side note, we do still have our T-shirt shop. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so if uh, anybody wants to replace their Thrivent T-shirts with a good quality T-shirt, ah, uh, yes. Feel free. Uh, maybe we should make sure everybody's aware why we would say that. <laughs> well, it's because I threw away three of them uh, last week. That's part of why I need new T-shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know why, Peter? I do. Yeah, me yeah. too. So, it, it, uh, I don't know. Check their Instagram. Yep. Check their Instagram. Look at the Thrivent Instagram account, and you will know why we don't favor those t-shirts anymore. Right. And, uh, and uh, the, you know, it's, it's hard enough being a pastor in these, these, these waters, mm-hmm. and then to have someone who claims to, like, be with you it just it does feel to a lot of pastors like a big slap yeah in the face you know Certainly. what i mean it, it, well yeah i mean this, it, this is an easy this is an easy this is super challenging to the church to the church's families uh and there's so many pressures on everyone within the church and every family within the church to uh go against god's word right. in all our areas of life and then when you have someone who, or a group that says, oh, yeah, we are with the church, for the church, let's put our name, make sure everyone wears our T-shirts all over the place. Yeah. And then uh, that is, it just feels like literally to to pastors who have seen this, uh, like a gut punch. Right. Like, I don't think I'm surprised if a secular, I'll say, financial company promotes secular messaging. No shock, right? We shop for things in the secular realm based on price mostly, right? Well, they're all going to say what the world says, but so I will shop shop solely by price on on those products. But then when there's an organization that positions itself as if it is with you on matters that are not just secular, but on spiritual matters, when they position themselves that way, then it is. It's a betrayal when it turns out 
they also give the same worldly messages as all of the secular uh, people in their same uh, competing space. And and I would add this for for financial reasons. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? This I guess in their minds this is a better way to And I do you think Peter, you're you're a techie guy, right? Mhm. So, do you think there is a reason why they they posted it just on Instagram and not on Facebook? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> Explain that to me as an old man. Um well, let, let's you have a relatively older uh, congregation, wouldn't you say? Yes. Relative relatively, right? Mm-hmm. Uh what percentage of your congregation do you think that owns a computer is on Facebook? Uh, I would say most of the people who are actually on a computer, I'll put it this way, who are on a computer who don't game. <laughs> there's no such people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, there's plenty of them, right? I, 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 one of my, I, had a, I remember I had an 85-year-old man who referred to his computer as his $800 uh, deck of cards. Okay? <laughs> I guess that's gaming. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I say that would be relatively high. Um, mm. But as far as anybody younger than me, because I'm not on, I don't even understand Instagram. Right. So, so I, I don't, yeah. I don't even touch Instagram because I'm afraid I'm going to do something stupid. <laughs> I would say the demographic of Facebook and the demographic of Instagram are very, very different. And there's not a, barely any overlap. So the I- Instagram audience would mostly respond favorably to what they posted, whereas the Facebook audience would mostly respond unfavorably. So do you see then how that might be able to be not only... uh one, let's have our cake and eat it too. Let's let's let the one side try and live in ignorance. Let's the other side think that we support them. And in the meanwhile, let us drive a wedge between them so that the two age groups don't trust each other and don't understand each other. I don't think it's to that level. I think the first part is correct. I don't think it it is intentionally sowing discord. I think it's standard business move it's disappointing to see it from thriving but in the end at the end of the day the whole the whole month of june and corporate entities showing support it's it's all virtue signaling anyway that's true like it's it's all corporate oh yeah we buy our things because we're cool that's it's not Almost none of those are actually, like, backed up with any kind of teeth. I drove by. I was in Michigan. I drove by a library because I, I was at a meeting mm-hmm. for Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Great group. Uh, uh, how about this? This is what I'm going to do, okay? Because I am – you own the podcast, so I guess I have to ask you. All right? <laughs> Peter, could we – because people may <laughs> maybe want to replace their T-shirts, right? You see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh if you buy a Clerical Heirs t-shirt uh, this month, we will give the proceeds to that, to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. 
Brilliant. What do you think, Peter? Uh, can we write that check for three dollars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. We have a checkbook. <laughs> PO box. <laughs> well, and tell you what, if uh, if there's a listener that wants to be uh, like a mega supporter, wants to get some replacement T-shirts out there, uh, shoot us an email or something, um, and we can do maybe a, a match. You know, if somebody wants to. Um, help us out. Maybe we can cut the cost of the T-shirt in half or something for a little bit. Because because we do small quality, that affects the price. Quantity. Right. Yeah. I, I can't get quantity. T-shirts for much cheaper than we're selling them for. Got it. Um, but if we had some kind of sponsor that was trying to help us get some T-shirts out there to replace the Thrivent ones, then by all means, we can do that. Uh, let me know. And, and one note: the the, the T-shirts uh, run a little small. Oh, so they do. So get get uh, if you're like a border between a large and an extra large. Then uh, go with the extra large. Got it. It's it's quite similar to the Thrivent ones, I would say. Right. Better quality, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Vicker likes this turn of events in some ways because now she doesn't have as much laundry. She, When she's done wearing a Thrivent t-shirt, it just goes into the garbage can now. <laughs> she said that to me. <laughs> so, anyway, we've been recording for a while. Should we get into the text? Sure. Sure. All right. The text for Sunday is the is rich man and Lazarus. So, so can I tell what we're going to do with this? Yeah, we should do that. So, uh, I've been gone, and right. uh, I haven't had a chance to actually hear Vicar's sermon. So, what we've decided to do is we're going to edit the sermon as we go. Yeah, okay. which is which is great. Oh. It's like efficient, right? I, we're going to have to do that anyway. <laughs> right, right. Not and you might have some work after the podcast. No, obviously. that's true. Yeah. But it's, it's nice for me because I was going to do this after the podcast, but. Right. Two birds, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, good. All right. So the text is, go ahead. It's uh, Luke chapter 16, starting at verse 19. By the way, I'm going to... You're going to be doing a lot of reading. Do you want to read the whole thing, or do you want to just give us the cliff notes? I can give the cliff notes for it, and then we'll look at the sermon. Okay. But I, I got my sparkling water here. Oh, yeah. And actually, I have sparkling water. It's the giant, clear American pineapple coconut flavor from Walmart. I have the San Pellegrino tangerine. Ah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! It spilled and it's all over, all over the place. <laughs> That's what happens when I carry it from home, I guess. <laughs> I have the ever-present sneak energy. Uh, I know I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Here we go. There. Wow, that's dedication. Yeah. Mostly landed on me, but some some of it got on the sermon, and some unfortunately got on this Bible. So it'll dry up. It'll dry up. You got a little on the microphone. I mean, the Did Bible could be replaced. Don't touch the microphone, please. <laughs> please don't touch the microphone. We, we do have a lot of Bibles, but <laughs> just, that was a joke, oh, listener. Goodness. That was a joke. <laughs> the Bible can be replaced. <laughs> I did notice the order, though. He took off his shirt. He wiped off his pants. <laughs> then the Bible. Yeah, but I'm trying to... This is why we can't have anything nice. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully this is a metaphor for how the rest of your sermon is going to go. <laughs> yeah, was, this was my way of getting out of the, the, the task. <laughs> oh, I spilled. Oh, no. I better go home. I better go to your top 12 list. <laughs> you don't deserve the cavernous talks and tasting studio. Uh, okay. More space for us to destroy. Right. Well, the cleaning service will be coming in and... <laughs> that, that'll be a surprise. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I'm mostly recovered. All right. So All right. 
I will give the uh, cliff notes. I want to keep this Bible so that where it is, so uh, so when the next vicar goes through this text, I can say that uh, the previous vicar cried all over the. Well, that's a good point. Yes. <laughs> all right. So give us a, a summary here. What's a okay? Rich man and Lazarus, famous parable that Jesus tells, where one man was incredibly rich and lived a party lifestyle. Another man was extremely poor and sick and was laid at his gate and wished that he could eat just a fraction of the food that the rich man was getting every day. And the rich man just ignores the poor man at his gate. The, the, the poor man is so helpless, he can't even stop the dogs from coming up and licking his open wounds. He's that sick and poor. Well, they both die, and they both go to their final destination. And so the rich man in hell looks up over across to see Lazarus, the, the poor man, now standing next to Abraham in peace and in rest. And the rich man is in torment because of the flames that he has found himself in. So he calls out to Abraham, hey, make Lazarus come serve me to relieve me. Send him down here to, to give me some relief. Dip his finger in some water and just give me a drop of water at least. And Abraham points out to the rich man both the injustice of his request to send Lazarus to hell makes no sense. And also the impossibility of it because there is no second chances. There is no conversions or, or crossing over between the two destinations after death. And so the rich man comes up with another tactic. Well, maybe just send Lazarus back from the dead to go tell my brothers and uh, that are still alive about this horrible fate so that they can avoid it. And Abraham tells him they have Moses and they have the prophets. And if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, then they're not going to listen to anyone, even if they come back from the dead. So that is the Cliff Notes version of the story. And and so, what uh, before you get into the sermon, it'll help help me as I listen to it, so I know the direction, so mm-hmm. I can just can't just because when you you'll, when I hear the sermon, I have to know where you're going. So <laughs> yeah. that part. So, give me where you're going. Like, what does a congregation need to hear from from this text? I'm gonna say that I have two main points. The first is that. Heaven and hell are real, that we can't downplay the seriousness of what Jesus is saying here. So, um, and so we dare not, you know, I, I must tell what Jesus said. I must say the same thing and then the and, the, and they must listen to it and not ignore it. Another point I'm going to make is that the rich man is understandable. He was not a believer, so he did not behave like a believer because uh, there's an ethical, uh, there's an ethical note to this parable. This man behaved wickedly and ignored somebody in need that was right there in front of him. and But he was not a believer, so we can't expect unbelievers to behave like believers. But to, to the believers, you know, what what's their excuse when they adopt some of the, the ways of the world, when they ignore the needs in front of them, or, or they don't study the Bible like they ought to, or they don't pray? Um, this, is, this is disheartening when believers adopt some of the same ways uh, that we expect from the world, but not from believers. So that's kind of my two-pronged uh, okay. A sermon, and then of course, ending of course naturally with the the reason that this is not a story of two people who got what they deserve. That is not what this is. So it's the not a story where the rich man got what he deserved and Lazarus got what he deserved. That's not what the parable is. It is about the rich man getting what he deserved because he insisted on it by being an unbeliever, and Lazarus getting what Jesus won for him on the cross, not what he deserved because Lazarus was also a sinner. Okay. All right. So maybe it's too many directions. So maybe that'll be part of the diagnosis, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so do, how do you want me to do this? Like, um, why don't you? Uh, 
read until you kind of have a like a change in your thought. So okay. like, like whether it's okay, this is what I'm establishing, and then I'm moving on. So like the first, what we if you were to, to kind of have a first section. Okay, I'll see if I can. Yeah, okay, I'll do it that way. Unless I stop you. Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> that'll take precedent. All right, in our gospel reading this morning, Jesus tells the somewhat disturbing parable of an unnamed rich man and a very poor man named Lazarus. One had everything. All right, stop it. Okay. Could you say that one more time? (laughs) Yeah. In our gospel reading this morning, Jesus tells the disturbing parable of an unnamed rich man and a very poor man named Lazarus. One had everything, a gated property, nice clothes, delicious food, and a party lifestyle, but he did not have faith. He was living his best life now. All right, can, I would say, um, I'd like to pare that down. Okay. All right. Um, I, can, I, can I look at it real yeah, quick? Yeah, go for it. So I would say, um, maybe it's, it's, a, it's a great ADHD morning, but I would say for me, simply saying, um, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus is disturbing. Um, one had everything. He was living his best life. And one had... Because, mm-hmm. like, you get into the, the listing there. Right. Like, everybody knows the listing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'll shorten it. Or if you could pare it down and just say, oh, lavish lifestyle. Yeah. Living his best life. Because okay. because already you want to go to the distinctions right away, right? And the distinctions, and you already made the point, the distinction isn't necessarily the stuff, it's the faith. It is the faith. That's the difference. Right. Right. So even if you want to say, start off from the beginning, uh, uh, the, the... no, no, go ahead. Okay. If I, right. I, could, I could make this too long. No. Go ahead. All right. Well, of course, the other person, Lazarus, was sick and poor, and the difference is that he had faith. He believed and trusted in the promises of God. I'll stop myself for a moment to say I always like to give the definition of faith because I found it yes. incredibly helpful when I learned that uh, not all that long ago, sadly enough, but but I do know that now, and I like to give that definition. So one had everything but faith, and the other had nothing but faith, and faith made all the difference in the world. Okay. One more thing I could you could say is, okay— so I, I, I guess I don't have trouble in that first paragraph hearing your definition of Lazarus. I don't have a problem with you describing a little bit the rich man. Okay. But, but the way you do it is comparing apples to oranges. Hmm. So the rich man who found his comfort in right. what he had, not that he had it, the fact that he had his comfort in them. If you want to compare apples to apples, it would be he had this, Lazarus yeah. had this. He put his faith in the stuff. Right. He, yeah. he tr- See the difference there? Right. It wasn't just that he had stuff, it's because that's, that is not the distinction. It is that he, that was as far as his seeking, I suppose, went, was to just having comfort in this life. No concern for the next one. Very good. All right. Okay. Then I'm going to quote. From the Bible, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Here Jesus is teaching us a sobering truth. We are all approaching our final confirmation. Because right, at death, right. oh, 
I like that line. Are you going to make me delete that? <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was a good line. Oh, okay, good. Unless you think that your best line was referring to here Jesus is. No, 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 no. The, the approaching our final confirmation. That's the, I like that concept. You would do much better taking whatever time you had in that first sentence and and uh, taking whatever time you have, yeah. moving it to after your second session and, and putting that long of a space after that sentence. So how long do you think that takes to read that first sentence? Three seconds, two. Here Jesus is teaching us a sobering truth. That. Right. Take that out. Okay. Go All on. right. Yep. And then take that two or three seconds that you lose yeah. in time and put it after your next sentence. Oh, so instead have a good pause. Correct. I hear you now. Okay. So 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 the listener can hear the difference. Read the first the first draft. Okay, go ahead. Okay. The rich man also died and was buried. Here Jesus is teaching us a sobering truth. We are all approaching our final confirmation. All right. Now this the edit. The rich man also died and was buried. We are all approaching our final confirmation. And, and then, then you go on. At death, we will be permanently confirmed. Right. So, so you see the, the the thinking about it? Yeah. And uh, at first sentence, like, eh. <laughs> Right? Yes. So I took the sentence that you're proud of, and I said, okay, I agree. So yeah. let's actually listen to that and think about it. Right. So, and by the way, you, the listener... A lot of times that, that uh, these, this, I know this seems like a little, like a little detail. You're, we're still getting the same message across, but yeah, but not really. I mean, uh, this is part of being a good preacher is having them hear and think and wrestle because right. that is part of the word too. And so it, it seem, might seem like a little thing. Now, as a listener, Peter, do you, what would you say? Is there a big difference between the two that you would notice right away? I, I would say so, uh, mm. I, and especially for me personally, because um, one of my biggest pet peeves in a sermon, and okay. and I'm, I th- I've talked to Bullhagen like, about this, is when uh, when you announce that you are going to talk about something. Ah, that's a good point. Right? Now we are going to talk about this. Mm. Now we are going to talk about that. I don't need to hear, this is a sobering thought. <laughs> Just tell me, the tell me the thought, okay. and I will be sobered. Then I'm going to cross out a sentence I had coming up where I said the gravity of this parable hits us, doesn't it? So that's going because I can already tell from this discussion that that sentence does right. not survive analysis. Right. And it, it's not by by any means a hard and fast rule, but that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm listening to a sermon. Got it. Right. So, so a different, a better way to do that kind of thing is to say, um, if you have a, like a really important point that you want to say, like this is sobering, it's like, to say, I mean, Jesus said this, behold, lo, truly, truly. Hmm. Yeah. He didn't say, this is a sobering thought. He said, right. I'm going to give this highlights here. Yeah. You see the difference? Yeah, I do. Yep. Okay. And then, like Bullhagen said, you can let it sink in. All right. Now that said, you also don't have to say, let that sink in. You can just <laughs> let it sink in. I think I probably say that somewhere. I better like make sure I didn't. <laughs> now, be careful, Peter. You're, you're just the producer of oh, the podcast. Oh, not the... That's fine. <laughs> I can stop. I can stop if you want me to. That's It's just my one biggest pet peeve. No, but good, but I, it, it is good to have an untrained pre- preacher give his impression, too. I well, think. certainly. Feel free to tell me I'm that. wrong. No, that's a, that's a good point. All right. 
All right. So, uh, so do the pause again. Start from the where the just before the pause. Okay. And make sure that translates next to the next line. Too. I think it will. Okay. Okay. We are all approaching our final confirmation. At death, we will be permanently confirmed as a resident of heaven or a resident of hell. Those of us who share the same faith right, as right. Abraham. That's another space. That's another space. Another. I got to pause longer. You mean? Or after. You can't just say we're all residents of yeah, okay, hell. Okay, you're right. Like you're talking to Terry. Yeah, we're all residents. So I gotta get to my next point. <laughs> Perhaps right, the good. fact that I'm recording a podcast is propelling me along. But you know, no, but it's good to force me to pause. Right. Well, well, you're recording a podcast, yes, but you're you're also in a pulpit under the same type of constraints. Yeah, good point. Okay. All right. So uh, re-say it with that that extra pause. <laughs> okay. At death, we will be permanently confirmed as a resident of heaven or a resident of hell. Those of us who share the same faith as Abraham, we will be carried by the angels to reside with Abraham and all the other saints in the presence of God. Those who do not have faith in Jesus Christ will be buried. And thereafter, they will be permanently confirmed in their sins and they will suffer punishment for those unrepentant sins forever. That is reality. Uh, I, I think it'd be less confusing. Okay. Um, because if you just say faith uh, like Lazarus, not the, because okay. if you, you had a qualifier there, which could cause confusion. Right. Well, I don't remember what it was. Uh, as Abraham, because... Abraham's a man of faith. I was kind of shortcutting to the faith chapter. Sure. And how much faith Abraham is known for and the fact that Lazarus went and stood next to Abraham in the afterlife. And, and then, but if you add that, it could cause maybe people to have the a qualification, like a quality. Oh, yeah. Like, better like have all the sorts same. Of, all sorts of right. things could be misinterpreted with that little phrase. Okay, I'll have to figure out how to word this, but I see what you're saying, so I'm making myself just, I would say just take it out, just faith. Okay, I see what you're... That's, that's even easier. Those of us who have faith will be carried by the angels to reside... Do I do you care about this other part? Because then I say to reside with Abraham and all the other saints in the presence no, of God. No, that's, that that's fine. Okay. Yeah, because that, okay, that, 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 you're, not, you're not changing what faith is. You're right. not at a qualification of, of faith. You right. are, you're making the, the, the result the Got same. it. Okay. And then I state about those who don't have faith. Yeah. They will be buried. And thereafter, they will be permanently confirmed in their sins and suffer punishment for those unrepentant sins forever. That is reality. I dare not downplay it. And by the way, you you have, that could be another pause. Yeah. I guess I didn't pause long enough. I tried, but if you're not doing holding up your fingers one, two, three, like people can't see that you did on the first two, <laughs> I don't pause long enough. <laughs> okay, there it is. I wrote it in. All right. That is reality. I dare not downplay it, and you dare not ignore it. I would say use a contraction. Okay. You don't, it's not, I, I, I notice, do you know you don't use contractions? I, At least when you preach. Do you I, notice that? I don't. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> that that's, that sounded pretty pretty vicar. So the <laughs> okay. Now I got to ask: Is that 
other vicars too, or is it just something I've been doing? Like reading? Uh, more you. Oh, okay. It's probably, I don't, know, I don't know. must be the way I write. And then since I use a manuscript, I... It could be because you're, you're writing paper, you don't use contractions. Yeah, that's probably it right there. But, and and it's, it's a small thing, but it, I would say I would make that an, an imperative. Ah, okay. Don't downplay it. Take out the you because it's for everybody. Can yeah. you read that sentence again? Well, before I said I dare not downplay it, you dare not ignore it. But I can say don't downplay it, don't ignore it. I mean, I could pick it two imperatives but or drop one of them. Yeah, or yeah, or we can't. Something. I, I What do you – for the listener, Peter, do you think d- the can't or the don't? Do you like the imperative, the don't? I like the imperative, yeah. I like the don't. Okay. All right. Because because if you're preaching the authority of God's word, it sounds more authoritative. Right. Right? But you, what are you, you – if you're preaching God's word, that is authoritative. Yeah. You don't want – that's that's that that is one that is very vicar line of thinking, uh-huh. where it's well, who am I? I'm just the vicar. Yeah, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tame these things down a little bit because who am I? I'm just the vicar. It's funny because I'm it, it, my attempt is to go the other direction to say how important this is, but you're right. I almost put it up like, oh, this is kind of risky, guys. Instead of right. just saying, don't do this. Right, and and then what do you th- that the whole throw yourself in there. He's like, oh, see, I'm not, you know, mm, you're, you're, you're yeah, tr- yeah. that is, that is a, 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 a sneaky uh, <laughs> subconscious way of taking a little step back from the authoritative ah, because the authority right. is in God's word. It's not you. We know that. Yeah. And you know that and you're preaching it. And so, so don't you think the message is don't take these things lightly? Well, I think it is. So yeah, make them hear it. Got it. And, and, and I would say the don't, as opposed to do not, actually hits differently, too. Uh, the reason why is if you say, do not take it lightly, mm-hmm. it sounds, don't is more of a, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. If It's tough to put the words on, but one of them sounds like scripted, and the other one sounds like I'm talking to them, I think. Right. What you mean? Right. You know, you. Uh, then this is just a, a just an impression I get when okay. you say, "Do not do this." You're saying this is making me angry. Ah. When you say "don't," you're like, like, don't go out in the traffic. It's yeah. more. It comes across as more of listen to me. Do not. It comes more like, yeah. don't do this. Ah, that's interesting. Like Does one, that make any sense? Yeah, one is like, don't make me angry, and the other one is, I have a, a, a big concern for you. Like that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we're getting into the weeds today, aren't we? We really are. Like, yeah, we, we're, uh, we're on page two still. <laughs> All right. Keep going. This heavy parable teaches the reality of hell and damnation. It teaches everlasting fire and torment. And it teaches us that there are no conversions after death. When the rich man in hell asks for relief, Abraham points out both the injustice of his request, oh, send Lazarus to hell to serve me, and the impossibility of it. I I think you could probably, since I'm the economy of words thing, 
you could take out some of the teaches. Okay. Yeah, I added one in there, actually. So, like, huh? Even as I was reading it, I added one that wasn't there. Oh, okay. Not, not realizing I was about to do it on the third sentence, I added it to the second one, so then I suddenly had to do it three times in a row. <laughs> right. That would be another example of this, okay. of, of listing them with pauses. So take your it teaches, okay? Just use it. Right. Right. And, and uh, also... Uh, it's also more forceful if you define the subject. Who is it? The parable. Right. Well, I mean, Jesus is talking, so I suppose you're right. I could. You see Jesus the difference? Teaches, well, yeah. <laughs> right, and you could take it a step further. You can say, "God says," here in this parable, "God," or Jesus. Yeah. And then, instead of teaches, 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 uh, take each one with its own own pause. All right. You want to try that? Yeah, let's see. It's written all over it. Let's see if I can interpret my notes. God teaches the reality of hell and damnation, everlasting fire and torment, that there are no conversions after death. Yeah, that's a lot. I, I, I don't know if I uh, God teaches. Yeah, I wasn't uh, sure. I guess I, I would. I'd be comfortable saying Jesus says, but I was trying on the the God. How about, well, so to speak. Uh, um, I say it though. It's, I might have to reword it more if I'm going to go with the, the way the list because it's is a layout. powerful list. Because it's more of a, he can it be shows Jesus shows sets in stone sets in stone. Try that one. Okay. And the stone, he sets in the stone of his own words. Yeah, I actually, let's see. I know I had a phrase like that later. It's okay if I do. I'm trying to remember like where. It's okay. I'll try it. Try, try it. See how it comes across. All right. God sets it in stone, the reality of hell and damnation, of everlasting fire and torment, that there are no conversions after death. That That is where you could say, because you like say, well, uncomfortable or that's where you could disturbing. say, yeah. this is, right. This, you know, you see the difference where you, you, you were, were you just saying a comment just so that they think about it a little bit more and you're, you're, when you say that to have a word, you're you're confirming their own thoughts hmm. afterwards. When you say it before, yeah, I'm begging or whatever, you're, requesting you're, they feel that way about it. Right, you're trying to. You see the difference, or you could ask it like a question. Isn't that disturbing? Yeah, I might. Okay, I'm thinking heavy, isn't it, or isn't that disturbing? Yeah, something like that. Okay, I'll get one of those worked in. Whichever one. Sounds better after I go. And by the way, listener, I I, I think um, we have pastors and and listeners of sermons. Mm -hmm. Um, React to these changes, too, if you would. If you don't mind, Vicar. No, I don't mind at all. Right. Good. I mean, by the time we get the responses, I'll have already preached it. So I think I think that paragraph is is night and day different already. Yeah, you're right. Yep. All right. 
I think I covered the sentence, when the rich man in hell asks for relief, Abraham points out the injustice of the request and the impossibility of it. I think it will cut out my, sorry, I'm, I'm doing some self-editing now. <laughs> Gotten in your head. Yeah, you're in my head. So, And then I read the quote. But Abraham said, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. Now the rich man tries another tactic. He wants someone else to do the good things in life that he himself never bothered to do. Abraham, send Lazarus back from the dead to preach to my brothers. Send someone else. All right, else. I would say a couple things. Okay. Now, so now this is... Oh, this uh, doesn't change. <laughs> um, now, this is, could just be uh, preaching uh, rather than the wording. Okay. But, uh, um, I mean, if, if you are... Think, think, think of how desperate the rich man would be in that situation. Right? Yeah. He wouldn't say, uh, please, send Lazarus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have the word please, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. No, you're so, good. So, I, uh, I made yeah. a change to what you because of what you said. I've already changed it some. All right. Go ahead. Now the rich man has another request. He wants someone else to do the good things that he himself never bothered to do. Abraham, send Lazarus back from the dead to preach to my brothers. Send someone else. Can't someone else do it? Go and perform a mighty sign. Because if only there was a big enough miracle, if only there was a persuasive enough speaker, if only there was a well-funded program... Someone else should act, and then maybe my relatives could escape from torment. Send someone else. I think you can detect what I'm trying to do with this rhetoric. No? <laughs> I'm trying to make it feel like something that people do in real life at times, where they, they don't want to do what they know they should do for their neighbor, or they don't want to speak up and share the gospel, so they're ticking on the, the... Sure. That's how I mean it. Now, if it didn't come across, I'll need to work on it. Sure, because in a way, uh, um, it is a valid request in the sense of send someone. Hmm. He's just asked... What he, he's asking for the wrong people to do it. Yeah. Is that, is that, you know what I'm saying? He's not, I guess, yeah, he's asking for the wrong people. He's also not really in a position to be able to have his requests fulfilled. I mean, you can't pray and have expectation of them to be your prayers answered after you've died. I mean, that's not really the point of my sermon, I suppose, either. But Right. Okay. But my, my point is, too, is the fact that there is validity in, in calling sinners to repentance. Well, yeah. Right. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm confusing things. No, no, I, that's okay. Like, so, so, yeah, I like that. Uh, all right. I like, and I like your pace there. Okay. Go so, ahead. so then I'm going to reflect 
on what we have just what I've just said about send someone else. In a way, the rich man's behavior and attitude is not surprising. He was not a believer. And so we should not expect unbelievers to think or act like believers. It is the very intention of unbelievers to live as if there is only this earthly life and nothing more. But what is surprising is when believers adopt some of these same attitudes. When a believer makes the things of this world a higher priority than the things of God. Let's think about that for a minute. Is that a sentence I got to cut? Because we're, <laughs> I actually have that. Let's think about that for a minute and I'm going to talk about it. But uh, First off, um, I think, can I look at it? Yeah, go for it. Um, I, I was going to say, I would say, I was going to say, to eliminate the first two sentences. Okay. So read the paragraph, a little bit of the ending of the, the paragraph before, and then take out those first two sentences and see if you, yeah. what you think. If only someone else would act, then maybe my relatives could escape from torment. Send someone else. We should not expect unbelievers to think or act like believers. It is the intention of unbelievers to live as if there is only this earthly life and nothing more. What is surprising is when believers adopt some of these same attitudes. When believers make the things of this world a higher priority than the things of God. Let's think about that for a minute. Does that take too much out? Um, Maybe. I, I think there's a little bit of a clunk to going from send someone else to. I guess I'm trying to figure out how to introduce the idea that, like, the rich man is behaving wickedly. He has a bad attitude. He's He was unwilling to do the good things in life, and now he's hoping somebody else, even in life, he probably wanted other people to do good things and, and not himself. But So I'm trying to figure out how to go from the idea that he's making this uh, invalid request from hell to send somebody else and that sometimes okay, believers... Okay, I, I know what it is. I know. Okay. I know what it is. The rich man who at one at one point was an unbeliever now sees the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you see the difference? In ways that we have trouble understanding at times. <laughs> okay. I'll, Do you see the difference? How what that does is it's because he is he was an unbeliever. He believes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you see the difference? He be, oh, that's an interesting topic in itself because he he's not believing and then begging for God's forgiveness either though. I mean he doesn't. It doesn't seem to me that people that that go to hell are begging for God's mercy like uh, that but he does want his brothers to hear he does he wants them to know the truth that he did not know when he was Hmm. yeah but does he want them to know the truth or just doesn't want them to be tormented because I think the the Lutheran study bible actually talks about that a little bit in the footnotes which is interesting that uh it seems like his concern is not really more than he had in life that Okay, let, comfort let, let, is important. Let, let me let me put it this way. Okay. Okay. Uh, if uh, we invited, the odd chance uh, the rich man could come back. Okay. 
the only place he could say this was to a group gathered on Sunday morning. What would he tell them? Hell is real? He would say, he would, don't you think? Or what would he tell his brothers? He who once wasn't a believer would say, I had it wrong. Hmm. Don't do what I did. There's more to life than what you... I See, I would use, I would use a rich man as a, as a teacher. I, that's how I would use him because hmm. there, there's a complexity to the, the parables that we don't always... We kind of just make everything so black and white. But I do believe that uh, there is some sincerity in what he wants. It's misguided. He wants Lazarus to do it. Uh, but if you were to plop him back, and if it was able, he would say, listen to the prophets. After Jesus, uh, after it's explained to him by Father Abraham. Yeah. And and that, that I think that is what would be humbling for the listener sitting in the pew. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like a, a good example is, remember those old uh, scared straight videos? Yeah, of course. <laughs> where, where you know, yeah. unless you, it, it gets a little colorful. I'm not going <laughs> to. You're talking about where they would like send a kid to visit a state penitentiary to see right. what the future looked like if they continued on their wayward path. Yeah. To me, that there's that kind of a thing by what he's saying, except he can't do it. Right. He desires, above all things, that his own brothers now, hmm. that they don't find the, their life in what they have. You, you, see, you, see, you see the difference there? Yeah, I... I do, and I'm thinking about, though this probably wouldn't make it into the sermon at all, but I nevertheless, kind of theologically, I'm thinking about if your brother showed up after he had died and told you this message, I th- it feels to me, just thinking out loud, that the brothers would probably just decide that the experience had unhinged him, that he was you know, mentally ill from the experience, and, they, and I, I just don't know that it would even work out of just thinking right, out loud. Right, because they don't have the truth. They don't have the truth, right. Right, and, but you're preaching to people who do have the truth. right. Good point. Right? Yeah. And so so he who is because your point at the end of it is can you read that the last sentence of that? What is surprising is when believers adopt some of these same attitudes. When a believer makes the things of this world a higher priority than the things of God. Yeah. Right. So so what would what would I can can here's my suggestion. Okay, am I being too nitpicky for you today? No, it's actually really good. I think I think that it's going to be a better sermon. So no, I think it's great. So I would say this. I would say use Lazarus because here's here's the thing about this parable is 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 sometimes the the best humbling voice comes from someone who has been humbled. You know, sometimes people take the the best advice from someone who says, don't do what I did. So saying something like, the rich man can't go back to his brothers. Mm -hmm. That's pretty clear. But you're here right now. Yeah. 
and you need to hear the same message. There is still time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you see that? See how that? Do you see it? Does that make sense to you? The, the it does. The yeah. voice, the change, because it's really easy just to be black and white. But I think it's it's like now that you've seen the truth, it's like uh, it's like Paul's conversion without the death, the physical death. Hmm. You know, Paul got got a chance to live right. and to go back and tell his brothers. Hmm. Paul does exactly what the rich man wishes he could do. I mean, that's Paul. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> so, right. not that you would necessarily have to put that aspect in in the sermon. No, but it's but it is a neat thought. I like that. So, so you let's go back to the wording of that then. So, yeah. so what are you, what are you thinking about how you want to do that? From what I've all well, I I liked the concept of if he could go back to his brother's life, what would he say? I like that. I was wrong. There's more to life than being comfortable, uh, and don't do what I did. And he can't go back, but you are here right now, and you need this message, right? So say yeah. So so if he could not go back to his brothers, but if he would, he would say, I, I'd flesh out a little bit more, yeah. right? You know, your life isn't what you in your riches. Your life isn't in in what people th- think of you. Your life isn't, you know. And he wasn't able to tell his brothers. Right. But God made sure that he could tell you today. Okay, what's going to happen is on Sunday, they're going to hear a sermon that's an awful lot like what you're saying on the podcast and not quite as much like what I wrote, which is good, but it's still kind of funny. Yeah, that's fine. It's more than fine. This is a very good edit. All right. Yeah, but but that's that's the learning process, though. Like, this is the kind of thing where, you know, it's already happened where you started to think on the rest of your sermon. Oh, Mm hmm. Because I'm in your head now, yeah, right, yeah. You're my face, man. <laughs> where where you you start to you're are you're starting to see the changes? Yeah. No, this will be trans transformative in a very good way for this sermon. So I, I appreciate it a lot, and I think that probably invalidates. Well, that's probably the wrong word. Like makes obsolete some of the things I was going to say next because I we'll see because I was actually where my sermon was going next. Maybe we could talk about whether it makes any sense anymore with some very practical things about when believers don't prioritize things of God, when they don't make time for prayer, and when they don't bother to study the Word of God on their own, and specifically when they skip opportunities to study the Bible with others, like Sunday school and Bible studies that that are scheduled at the church. I knew that was extremely practical, uh, extremely maybe accusative, and I, do, and I didn't know if it was going to survive a review or not, but at the moment, that's in there, that these are ways that people uh, can re- reflect on their life and see if they are having some really flimsy reasons to uh, to deprioritize the things of God in, in very practical ways. And so I was even going to go all the way to the point of saying, are you 
Do you attend Sunday school or adult Bible study as you are able? Why not? Really and truly, why not? So that's in there right now. Okay. And I don't know if it is going to make sense with the, with the really good edits we've made so far to it about what the rich man would say to his brothers that he's unable, but now God has made sure that we can hear what the rich man would say. Uh, I like right. that a lot. So I, I, I would say this. I would say, um, I would take, because you like that. I do like that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I would just extend this. Okay. Right? What would he say about the opportunities that you have to hear the prophets? Right. In the sun. How precious to him would be the call to repentance? How precious would it be to to find his riches in God's word, in Bible study, and bring your kids to Sunday school? All right, I'm writing it down. Right. That's that's some good wording. If he would, if the rich man was a parent, what would he tell his children? Yeah. Unfortunately, he can't tell his children. However, yeah. <laughs> you see? That that's how I would incorporate that. Yeah, okay. I like that. Okay. Well, this is going to be a much Needed, but heavier rewrite than I thought it would be. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no. That's, yeah. So that, that scrapped any idea I had that perhaps I could now, 10 months in, write a sermon that would become rubber stamped by my supervisor. Nope, <laughs> not 10 months in. It takes longer than that. <laughs> I don't even write a sermon myself that I rubber stamped without. Yeah, that's that's actually a very good point. And I don't even, And but that, okay, let, let me encourage you in this. Okay. Okay. All right. If you went through a sermon 10 months ago you would be doing exactly to that sermon I'm doing to your sermon now. Right. Yeah. No, my my sermons wouldn't. And and I would say, yeah. and listen, listeners, you can vouch for this, right? What he had presented that I'm changing, please email him so he understands this because <laughs> they have trouble seeing this. What he had already written was uh, better than what you hear from a lot of pulpits. Hmm. Okay? That's okay. not my goal. No, I, I want to have a sermon that is as good as it can be for the sake of the hearers. Right. 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 No, not for my aggrandizement. No, right. Not like that. Just so that it spreads the gospel, that it does the work of God. Right. All right. So shall we continue? I think so. Um, How much longer do we have? Well, we're about halfway through. So, okay. We'll have to make this speedier. <laughs> All right. So getting past the, the practical application, I suppose. But by, by the way, if you, if we wind up being short on, if it feels like a shorter sermon because of these changes, that will be made up by how you, I've asked you to present those changes. Right. That's why I purposely said, take that line mm-hmm. and then move it over and make it blank. Yeah. Right. Because I, I'm not actually affecting the length of your no. sermon. No. There's maybe a few things here that'll affect the length, but not. It was. I actually timed it. I probably didn't pause enough, but I timed it out of curiosity from the pulpit. And it was only at like 11 and a half minutes as it as it was written. Now, I may have spoken faster because I didn't have actual people in the congregation right. that probably causes me to speak faster. Right. But those pauses I've given you, that that will be 
a change that I think you'll be mindful of as you're going through the rest right. of the sermon. Oh, yeah. You're setting the tone for the rest of it. Right. And I, I will tend to give myself actual notes to pause uh, on the manuscript so they can remember to, to not accidentally speed up and speed up as I go. All right. So where am I here? Uh, I'm here. You know, Lazarus was poor and sick, and his poverty and his sickness were not somehow the rich man's fault. You know, it could be that he made very poor decisions that directly caused his condition. But, you know, whatever the case, he was still the rich man's neighbor who was in need. And no doubt the rich man was sinning when he ignored the beggar at his gate. And that is true, whether Lazarus's poverty was self-inflicted or not. Okay. Yeah. You want to hear my simple change? Yeah, go for it. Don't say any of it. Is that the simple change? No. <laughs> okay, good. No. No, what what would the rich man say if what would he have said of Lazarus? Hmm. He would have said, Oh Lazarus, take heart, you have everything. Hmm. Right? Yeah. He would say, Take heart, Lazarus. God is gonna raise you up. Take heart, your life isn't in the wounds that you suffer with, the being uh sidestepped, ignored. He would say of Lazarus, uh, you still have everything. And then you could say, unfortunately, he can't tell Lazarus. However. (laughs) (laughs) Or I could say Lazarus doesn't even need to be told this now because he currently is living it. He has everything. Right. But that that gets into the, the comfort yeah. Of people who feel like they're Lazarus as well. Right. Where this, this is going in my sermon is that Jesus fed and healed people all the time, whether they deserved it or not, that that wasn't part of it, the deserving it. And then he forgives sins, which we don't deserve. That's not how, that there's no okay. earned forgiveness. So, uh, so do you like that, that translate that, how that converts that paragraph? Yeah. Yeah. It says the same thing. It gets the, the same it point does. across, I th- but it keeps the theme that she set up earlier. Right. I think you're right. It does. Okay. So so I'll transition that to be more of uh, what would the rich man say. And now that he knows the truth, he would he would provide comfort to um, to Lazarus with, with the word of God, with t- telling him that that you have everything. Because you have faith, you have everything. I'm thinking though that he wouldn't then walk away and not give Lazarus any food. Just yeah, but that, that, that's your that's your engineering mind though. Like you're taking <laughs> you're you're taking the 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 words to the nth degree that probably only you would <laughs> do. Like if if he could go back to Lazarus and say those things, he wouldn't. We, he would the listener wouldn't like bring up all the other. Yeah, it's. Fair enough. I think you're right. And even if they did, they would probably realize what I realized, that he wouldn't let man starve to death after saying, God bless you. Like, right. So it doesn't really have to be said, I suppose. Plus, well, okay. You're right. I'm going to the nth degree. I can feel it now that you've <laughs> pointed it out. All right. But getting to the comfort part of the sermon is that we don't earn our forgiveness. It's a free gift and that Jesus loved us and died for, well, Jesus loved you and died for you while you were lost in your sins. And... Even now, he loves you and calls you to repentance, and he continues to forgive your sins. 
And the parable of Lazarus and the rich man is not about two men getting what they deserve, because only the rich man rejected God in order to get what he deserved. He, in fact, earned the wages of sin, which is death. But Lazarus, on the other hand, he was saved by grace through faith, which, of course, is the only way anyone is saved. Lazarus did not get what he deserved. Instead, he received what Jesus earned for him at the cross. And you too are rescued from getting what you deserve. Jesus took the punishment you deserved when he offered himself up on the cross in your place. His death and resurrection makes salvation available to you. You have been freed from your sins and the punishment that they earned, and you have been given salvation and eternal life. You face death with the sure hope that death is just a portal into the presence of God and a peaceful rest. So I, a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's good. Um, and uh, like one thing you've learned is the the. the the, the you part. Yeah. I, right? And you could, that, yep. you know, one thing that helps you to, as they, you want them to think about that is to not make it in paragraph form, but list form. Mm. You know, uh, that that's always a visual that I do for myself. Even right. though you can't read my chicken scratches sometimes. You probably notice that. I'll do Oh, that. yeah. I can see them right here. Right? <laughs> Across the table from me, I see some lists. Right. Um, so, and I would say, um, I would add... A couple of things. One is the imagery of the text some more, right? Okay. Like who Lazarus, who the world only offered him, you know, crumb or, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I also would say um, that that's a small issue because I'm getting lost in my thoughts. Because <laughs> you are talking to Lazaruses. You've already established that yeah. that you're talking to those with faith. Right. And so there is that comfort, fellow, like even saying fellow mm-hmm. believers. Right. Uh, um, we have heard this lesson from, and, and uh, I, I would say as you talk about Jesus, how, how much lo- longer do you have like after this page? Um. Not much. Not too much. A couple paragraphs. Because I think the way the way that you can take this and then um, put it up like as a home run at the end is is to to point to to Christ and their encouragement as the epitome of Lazarus. Hmm. Don't think I understand it. Uh who was given nothing in this world. Yeah. Who... I see. Who uh, saw life as being... You know, let me put it this way. So when we talk about our salvation, our faith, right? Like, the the for us, salvation process is we get to be in the kingdom of heaven, right? Right. The salvation process for Jesus as Lazarus is the same. He became Lazarus so that we can be in the kingdom of heaven. Because in a way, actually, if you think about it, Jesus is the rich man and the Lazarus. He is the rich man in the sense who came back from the dead, mm. which is why I, I, I kind of like that 
other part that we 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 worded. Okay, we'll have to think about that. I I I like the concept. Jesus is became like Lazarus, poor and um, lonely. Yeah. So what you do is because we we already said okay, fellow believers, uh, we also receive it like Lazarus by grace, just right. like you said it, mm-hmm. because because Jesus uh, gave us all that he had. He became Lazarus to give us a kingdom. Mm-hmm. He was the the rich man, the the God of creation, who gave it to his brothers in need of sin. You know, he was the rich man who became Lazarus for us. Type of a thing. Yeah. But I, that that I think, and just something like that, that would be a perfect climax. You don't have to then end it any other way than with with that that powerful gospel statement. You wouldn't have to say, so this means or that means. You could just end it. Yeah. With that. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm I'm scribbling it all down. That's what all I, right. that's my role in this. Did I give you too much work for this afternoon? Uh you know, probably, but it'll be it'll be it'll be good. <laughs> it'll be much I'll appreciate it when I'm done editing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For the listener, I don't necessarily like this is a, a different week this is not how it normally goes no normally the i write i don't know a third or something of it whatever it is and then we diagnose it early so that then i uh then the, then i finish writing it and here because of the important meeting you went to with the lutheran heritage foundation i had to write the whole thing and then diagnose it at the end which is right why there's triple the amount of edits i need to do right but uh that said this is very good content oh yeah this okay well, i think this is I think this is fantastic for any pastors out there too that are, you know, running in the same issue, you know, want to make their sermons better. Right. I think this is talking about, you know, the pauses, you know, how how to preach a sermon. Right. I don't think we've really covered we've covered, you know, content and you know why Bullhead has done anatomy of a sermon, you know, what you know what? What is the thinking behind the sermon? What is going into it? But I don't think we've really talked about kind of the actual mechanics, right? The much. what's behind the this and this is what's behind the collar stuff because you yeah. know Vicar and I talk about talk about our sermon writing and you know, but we don't really actually show you what's in our heads or what's in yeah. my head as we we talk about it. So interesting show, yeah. And so, so now the people in the congregation will realize that uh, that. I have to edit my sermons a lot. <laughs> no. Well, that that, my, I, that that's the one thing that you, you mentioned. Well, you know, I was, that is oh, preaching all the time should be humbling, whether yeah. you're a vicar right. or you're a pastor, and that should always be the goal. Yeah, that is. I want to make a. I want to say what the Bible says. I I hope when I go to my grave that that's what somebody says about me. Vicar said what the Bible said. Hopefully by then it'll be pastor, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, A couple things. So, um, uh, uh, Laura, if you're listening, we did get your email. uh, And I've actually... We didn't have time today, but I prepared a top 12 list for you. Mm. Uh, So, uh, um, uh, Peter's going to probably email you right now. (laughs) 
Uh, if you want me to, I can. Yeah. Um, just to let you know, we got your email. We're not talking about this episode, but the next episode, I have a top 12 list. So Nice. So uh, listen for that. And but, I want to give a special, special shout out to uh, Zachary. Yes. Thank you very much, Zachary, for not sending me a let's go message. I mu- very much appreciate it. Vic, uh, uh, Peter said, won that contest by one vote. I did. One <laughs> vote. I want to do a recount. <laughs> well, maybe we'll give him another week, okay? We'll give him another week. Maybe next week we'll have more. So, If you remember, that was about whether we should have listeners uh, give us 12. We can rank top 12 listener let's goes. Ah, yeah. So. But by one vote. <laughs> that's a narrow margin right there. Right. Right. That's, you know, that's like America right now, right? So divided. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Mathematically, we do have a divide by zero error, though, uh, so that he's <laughs> infinitely ahead of you. <laughs> that's right. You guys, we're way over time. Let's wrap it up. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And may Vicar be ready to preach tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Thank you Amen. for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time.